0: Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers
1: on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that like of no business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's gun. This is exactly my point. Take all it all easy, right. take it easy. Simple my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother. And I love you, but don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was... Just when I thought I was out, they pull me
0: back in. I'm here to give your a show what it's missing. You guys
1: are crazy. You ready? ready? Ready. Set. Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to the Our Own Sports Podcast. Frank Arone here. January 3rd, 2017. Tuesday here. First, uh, first podcast of the year 2017. Uh, I know I've already made the air when I've been writing the date out, uh, put 16 on there, but, uh, take a couple times there to get used to 17. Can't believe it's 2017 already. Can't believe the football season's over already. And the week 17 just wrapped up last week. Uh, one of the most meaningless weeks of football in, in quite a while here, but, uh, there's, uh, Good to at least get to the back to the playoffs here and have a little bit more meaningful games as we head into the uh, wild card week here. Anyway, uh, let's go out to uh, Vegas and check in with Rob. Uh, just got back back to Vegas there last night. How's it going, Rob?
0: Oh, not too bad. Yeah, like you said, just got back to Vegas. Had to take care of a few things here and back in Minnesota Thursday night late and uh, hopefully hopefully have a good weekend here again and before uh, the next semester starts up. But how's old? great fargo treating
1: yeah oh, not too bad it's uh basically been a somewhat of a snowstorm here today and uh cold as can be but uh it's not not too bad once you get inside <laughs> inside i guess out got the wind the wind's just nuts up here but you know whatever it, uh, it is what it is um no matter how cool it is, it probably won't be as awful to watch as uh, that Connor Cook uh, Brock Osweiler matchup this weekend. So there's there's a silver lining there.
0: <laughs> Good point.
1: So anyway, um, let's uh, start off the podcast here by doing a little Week 17 recap. The weekend recap. So how did Week 17 treat you there, Rob? You have you ended up making any plays or or whatnot?
0: Yeah, it's a really small card. your only- Actually, the only re- release play myself was on Carolina plus the six, and that got decent decent move. Actually, moved down to about three at close, which I think was pretty much the prevailing number. And kind uh, of a little bit lucky, I guess, there at the end uh, getting that cover uh, that kind of Tampa scored, and then Carolina kind of came back and. Could have tied the game but instead of kicking the extra point they decided to go for two instead of going into overtime since it didn't really mean anything for either teams essentially, so I figured just get it over with, which I makes sense to me, but um which is good. Obviously with the six you I uh, didn't want to go into overtime and have Tampa go get a touchdown and end up pushing, but so Carolina ended up losing outright but did did still cover, so felt decent with that play all week and there's a few other ones I wanted to hop in with the Minnesota over like I talked about on the podcast. Or I think you did and I liked that play and didn't actually get there because it, it kind of got steamed a little bit, um, and then a few other plays that I was kind of you know thinking about but never actually got to the window with. Uh, I, I like the pick of the week as well with that Cincinnati play that actually got steamed the other way, um, but you know won pretty easily there outright. So.
1: Yeah, I didn't actually release any bets at all last week, which is pretty rare to have a, a week of. NFL when you only have 17 cracks had during the regular season and it just wasn't wasn't anything that I found it was I felt confident enough that I was worthy of making a bet so it was a pretty stress-free weekend uh, in, in regard to that but I uh, did get there on my pick of the week again so I I think that's nine in a row now something like that you get uh, so that was a good way to to end the regular season with the pick of the week streak continuing It would have been kind of a shame to lose it on the last week, like that, but uh, didn't. I know you said you got years through, so uh, as a whole, is a good, good way to wrap up the the podcast there for the regular season in terms of picks of the week. So that was good to see. And uh, that uh, Green Bay Detroit game was one of the only meaningful games, really, and it played out pretty much how I expected, and basically everybody in in the planet expected. It was amazing how little uh, buzz or people i talked to that were interested in back in detroit there and um you know it's one of those rare occurrences where it played out pretty much where everyone thought so i'm a little disappointed I didn't make any money on that game but you know it's uh it's one of those things where more often than not i don't uh don't think everyone's gonna be happy especially when it's a late game and i bet you a bunch of people are doubling up that lost and or the people that uh, are doubling up for the people that won or or t- doubling down to try to get it back for the people that lost. So I bet you the books got crushed on that game, the fact that there was that ridiculous Hail Mary there at the end that was meaningless on Detroit's side to get the game to go over, and, and the favorite Packers still won with everybody on them. So that was a pretty uh, interesting and, and costly result there for the for the books. So um, that uh, was something that uh, kind of surprising how that played out exactly how I expected. But anyway... Let's uh, transition here, and uh, we are going to do a little concept corner after we break down the uh, wild card games here, and then we're also going to put in our picks of the week and continue it through the playoffs uh, after uh, the regular season concluded. Fairly strong, so hopefully we can keep her going into the playoffs here, even though it is a little bit of a truncated card. Uh, Hopefully there's one... One betting opportunity we can pick out here that uh, we think is the best chance to to cash a ticket. So, so, we've got four games here: two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Uh, the first one seems like a perennial game here that involves either the Houston Texans or the Cincinnati Bengals or a combination of the two. And uh, this week we got uh, Houston, Oakland at Houston here. Um, I didn't do any guesses. For this week, so I'll just uh, read what we got the lines at, kind of like we did last week, and then I'll send it over to you, and and uh, you can tell me what the opener was and if there's been any movement. So this week, it uh, looks like we got Oakland, Houston. It looks like Houston's right now laying about three and a half pretty much across the board. Uh, what have you seen on this one? Yeah, I, I did
0: do my guesses. I'll just throw them in there just for the listener's sake, uh, since I have them here in my sheet uh, and my power range. So my Houston, uh, my guess was Houston minus three. Um, power rating was Houston minus two and a half, and that was also what the Westgate opened, Houston two and a half as well. Um, yeah, like you said, now it's up to three and a half, so. a Little bit of Houston money, but it's, I don't think it has much to do with Houston and Oswego. I think that's a pretty, pretty for sure, pretty sure bet there. I think it's a lot, uh, against Oakland and, and Cook. So, uh, it, it's a tough game, uh, side I just don't know how you can back either one of these teams right now with, with the quarterbacks that they have at the realm, so. Uh, I mean, yeah, three and a half with the hook. I mean, you kind of want to look towards Oakland, uh, just from theory standpoint and number basis, but it's just so hard to back someone like that, uh, a, a quarterback like that on, on the road and with this Oakland team that kind of, their glue kind of has been, uh, roughened up a little bit here after their, their head guy gets goes down, so the only way I can really look at this game, I think, is the total. And uh, I do have a, a half unit play myself on the on the total. I went under 37. I just uh, don't know where the points are going to come from. It's about the lowest total we've seen almost all year, but I uh, just I, I still like the under even with that. So. Uh, that'd be the way I look was a small, small lean to the under. Uh, but if you get a 37, but like, uh, even in those low totals like that, 36 and a half, I see, or 36 at some shops, every, every, every half point, even when it's that low of a total, is pretty crucial just for, you know, every, every point matters. So, um, if 37, I think would be a lean if you, maybe a small play, but anything less than that, I think is getting too, uh, too out of line. So that'd be the only way I could really dice this game.
1: Yeah. One point. This season, I would have expected this to be a very large wager for me on, on Houston. Um, basically, I was on Houston quite a bit as, as the listeners know throughout a pretty good percentage of the season thinking that they were undervalued. And, and for the most part, I was decently successful backing them. And on the flip side, uh, midway through the season there, it looked like Oakland was about as overrated as a team can be so uh it would have set up perfectly for potentially back in houston here uh probably as a home dog if uh carr would have been in and and everything would have played out and but even with Carr in that oakland was starting to lose favor in the betting markets because they were somewhat of a a fraud according to advanced stats and and the bigger bigger bets that are moving the market so um It's kind of too bad it hasn't played out like that because at this current price at three and a half where you're laying more than a field goal with Brock Osweiler, I don't have a whole lot of of interest in that. But on the flip side, uh, Connor Cook, don't really know what to make of him. Any early signs really haven't been too encouraging. So I don't think it's really a great play to to be back in what basically the first start rookie on the road in the playoffs that doesn't seem like a great idea either. So um I, I like, I do think that uh, Houston, anytime you can get team has home field and um, I think quite a bit better defense, uh, it's usually the a key to success in, in the playoffs. It seems like, but I also don't trust Brock Osweiler by any means to not blow the game and and not to cover some a little bit of a margin here, uh, having to win by more than a field goal. So. Um, I don't really have any opinion on the total. Like you, like I said, I've, I don't think there's gonna be a whole lot of points. But at, uh, at 36 and a half, 37, where you got it, um, still just such a low number that I don't really have a whole lot of interest. So this is a game I'll probably watch just from a an int- intrigue standpoint because basically anything can happen in this game, and it wouldn't totally shock me. So I'll be interested to watch it, even though it is a pretty unsexy game by all accounts, but. Um, won't be involved here most likely from a betting standpoint the uh, late game on saturday we got is detroit at seattle detroit uh, fading here down the stretch and uh, coming into the playoffs about as cold as you can be after they blew that game to the packers for the division on sunday night and uh, but on the flip side seattle really hasn't been a whole lot uh, hotter either they've looked pretty lackluster here in recent weeks. Um, so and this one looks like we got Seattle, uh, about eight-point favorite across the board. Uh, is there be anything on this one yet?
0: Uh, yeah, quite a bit of movement, or a decent amount of movement, I should say. My guess here was Seattle minus seven, power rating Seattle minus seven, and the Westgate open, Seattle six and a half. And pretty much just constant Seattle money, which I'm not really shocked about. And Like you said, it's sitting at eight, eight and a half right now, and uh, I don't... It, you know, the, you know the public's going to be all over Seattle just the way Detroit's looked after losing to to Green Bay, uh, Dallas a few weeks back on, on national TV. So they've had a few uh, bigger games that they haven't looked too good on. So it, I wouldn't see a lot of Detroit money, but I expect that some sharps are going to come on Detroit here at some point because that's the way I look here in this game. Uh, even my notes here, I'll just say wait for the number to get higher, and that's when I'd fire on Detroit. I think I'm a little bit higher on Detroit than, than most people are. Um, they had kind of a rough patch here, but I think a lot, the Seattle team I think is a little bit overvalued as well. I don't think they're as good as they've been in recent years, and people are still giving them that credit that they have been as good as they have been in recent years. So, and with this said, you know, with that being said, I think Detroit's a little bit higher than what I think the average person would think, and the vice the opposite with Seattle there. So, and then you also get, obviously get the line value. I think is a, a couple points inflated here, and uh, I don't I don't know if I see this number necessarily going to ten, but uh, you know, I, I want. I wouldn't be surprised if sad here, moved up maybe a touch more to a nine. Um, so that's kind of what I'm waiting to see, try to get the best number here. And if not really sh- for sure going to be releasing a play on Detroit, but uh, if if I release anything this week, I think it would be a Detroit uh, is where I'd be, where we'd looking to release a play and, and make a little bit of money uh, this weekend.
1: Yeah, I don't know if i necessarily agree. I'd, I'd want to fire on Detroit, but uh, I mean, the eight looks like a decently big number, but uh, just Detroit's just really been bad the last few weeks. They they, only, they lost by seven <clears throat> seven last week to the Packers, but that was fraudulent. It should have been fourteen plus. Then the week before that, they lost the Cowboys by twenty one in prime time. The week before that, they they couldn't cover and lost by double digits on the road to the Giants. And uh and, and then before that, you know they they snuck by a Bears team in which they probably should have lost the game outright. So the Lions really haven't done anything for quite a while that's been uh, impressive by any means and a lot of those have been non-competitive for the most part so um i i don't know if i necessarily trust the lions at this point to even keep close let alone potentially win the game outright and then on the flip side seattle hasn't been that great either by any means they barely snuck by a niners team that's just complete garbage last week and then of course blew that uh Game 34-31 to the Cardinals at home a couple weeks, before, uh, two weeks ago. So I don't, uh, I don't think those Seahawks are juggernauts by any means, but they are seven and one at home. They, other than that Cardinals game two weeks ago, they've been a, a very solid home team, winning a lot of those games by by a margin, or or at least somewhat easily. So um, I think this has all the makings of. Uh, a game where Seattle is going to be up a score potentially with the ball late to get a cover or Detroit uh, with the ball down two scores, potentially looking to get in the back door. So I think this, uh, line may, might be a point too high, but, um, for the most part, I think I could see this game going either way pretty easily. So, um, nothing, hardly any result in this game would shock me because I think both these teams are pretty fraudulent. I think Detroit's a bigger fraud and, uh, Hopefully, I hope one of these teams looks pretty impressive this week and uh, gives me a little uh, value trying to go against them in the divisional roundup next week. So that's about my only opinion on the game. Don't uh, don't trust or really like either of these teams, and I'm not not going to get involved here. Next game up is the first game on Sunday. We got Miami at Pittsburgh. And it looks like Pittsburgh is about a 10-point favorite here across the board. You're seeing 10.5 at a, a place or two. What uh, what's what do you got on this one?
0: Yeah, my guess was Pittsburgh minus 8.5. My power rating, Pittsburgh minus 7.5. Opener at the Westgate at Pittsburgh minus 9.5, but um, I think that was – I don't know if that's necessarily accurate either. I think it was even less than that. Kind of closer to where I had it, and it got bet up pretty much instantly to 9, 9.5, and, and then 10, and now it's even getting to 10.5, so – um yeah it's just we're gonna be talking about that trend I think is what a lot of people are betting on or originally and that's this move was you know pretty instant too wasn't even like oh it moved this this morning or or last night or anything this was Sunday night pretty much immediately after the the closing of that Detroit Green Bay game so uh like I said we can talk about that stat later here in the concept corner but uh it's pretty interesting so I think that's what they're kind of going off of but you know, Pittsburgh has been, uh, kind of like a Seattle to me. They've, I think they have the makings and they're, they have a high ceiling, but it's just a lot. It hasn't really, they haven't convinced me, I guess I should say. I won't be shocked by any means if they made a run, but they've been a little bit more flat than I would expect from a Pittsburgh team like this. So, it's, you know, a little bit alarming, but, you know, that's, uh, not scaring too many people, obviously. And, and now you're paying a premium at 10, 10 and a half, and, 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 you know, likewise with the Miami team, it's, it's, the quarterback, we don't even know who's playing yet, whether uh, it'd be more or if Tannehill can play with a, a hobbled Tannehill, so uh, I, I don't even know which one I'd rather have. I'd almost prefer more if uh, Tannehill's not 100%, because I don't think it's that big of a drop-off, so I don't think the quarterback uh, will be a huge uh moving line or won't affect the line a, a whole lot, so I mean, I really don't have anything on this game either. It's just, uh, I think it's a little bit inflated here with Pittsburgh, so you'd want to lean towards Miami if you could take a little bit of value, but it's just uh, it's just hard because I don't really trust that Miami team, and this this definitely has not make into a blowout. I think I'm kind of feel like that Seattle game in Detroit. Uh, how you feel with this game? So uh, I think I'll be staying away here pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I uh, I mean the last time the Steelers have lost a game was early November, and uh, or mid November. So I mean they've been on a roll, obviously, but but if you look at how they've won those games, they've won them by three, four, four seven, 10. And then the last one they won by a margin was that Colts game on Thanksgiving where they won by 21 against Scott Tolzien. And then the one before that, they beat the Browns by 15. So um, they really haven't convinced me uh, that they've got their offense clicking to the point where they're capable of beating any team that's even halfway respectable Uh, by a margin here especially when you're talking about 10 plus that just seems like a pretty tall order and uh, Miami I think they're even though they have a pretty good record at uh, 10 and 6 there it is pretty fraudulent in terms of the lot of teams they beat you know the Bills, Jets, Cardinals, Niners, Rams, Chargers, Jets, Bills Uh, a lot of those wins are against pretty much the creme de la creme of the, the worst teams in the league so i think that uh, records uh, boosted up there pretty artificially but uh, i mean they did beat pittsburgh at home by 15 uh, a couple months ago so there there's that which i don't not want to look at that and say oh they must match up good against pittsburgh or you know they're likely to repeat that same thing but uh I think that will take away a little bit of a potential intimidation factor and that uh, I don't think they'll be scared going up by any means by playing Pittsburgh. Um, sometimes when you get in this point spread range here, if a team gets down early to a, a much inferior team according to the point spread, they might, uh, kind of, kind of psych themselves out and try to press a little bit too much. But I don't think that'll be totally the case with Miami. And I also just don't, uh, don't trust Pittsburgh to, outscoring by that much I think Moore is a pretty capable quarterback and uh, we'll be able to keep it fairly close and I I could see this one you know potentially getting out of hand or are you losing by a a Pittsburgh score to late because Tomlin does like to keep the pedal to the metal and and throw the ball late even if they are up seven or eight or whatever that'll get you in covering range so that's definitely something to be a little bit worried about going into this but uh, I just think this number is a couple points too high and uh I feel like more more often than not, Miami's going to figure out a way to hang in this game or, or get a backdoor late to get the cover. So this is one I haven't bet yet, but I'm waiting to try to see if I can hit the peak of how high it gets before I end up jumping on Miami. And I'm I'm kind of shocked that we've seen more than 10 here, seeing a 10.5 right now at, at stations and um, maybe some other ones out there. As, as the week goes on, uh, I figured it was going to, at the very most, the ceiling was going to be ten here, so the fact it's it's going past that, and you know the public money is going to be all over Pittsburgh, and usually the public doesn't bet till till game day. So uh, once the public money starts coming in here, and if there's not a whole lot of sharp support for Miami, this number could climb even another couple points. So hoping that's the case, and and I'll uh, get involved here in the Miami side. The last game here is definitely the most uh, interesting and likely best game out of the group from a viewership standpoint. Uh, We got the Giants heading back to Lambeau, which seems like it happens every four or five years and hopefully lives up to the the hype the last one's had. Looks like we got the Green Bay sitting here at a four and a half, five point favorite. What do you got on this one?
0: Yeah, my my guess for this one is Green Bay minus 7. My power rating is Green Bay minus 4.5, and And the opener at the Westgate had Green Bay at 7.5, and then... We were sitting there together right after the conclusion of the, that Green Bay game, and kind of funny. As soon as they opened that line at at seven, at some places seven and a half, and then just a flood of Giants money came in and moved the line all the way through that key number of seven, all the way down to four at some shops, and then that was kind of the floor. Uh, the f- four was the floor for that uh, for this game, and then uh, a little bit of buyback here on Green Bay, which I kind of expected, as I kind of told you there when we were talking about the game after that. So uh, it was right, like you said, four and a half, five, and I wouldn't be surprised if it gets a tick higher, too. Like you said, with that public money coming in after the, the Sharks have already got their Giants with that big plus ticket. And, um, you know, either sit here or go a tick higher, I would think, uh, would be my guess. And I think that's probably right where it should be, just judging by my power ratings as well. So, um, just even in my notes here, I said, you know, I like the Giants a lot at seven or more. I didn't get on that move right away um, Sunday night there. Um, and then Green Bay, I'd like it three or less. But I don't, you know, it's pretty obvious, not really earth shattering. You know, handicap or anything, so that's why if it stays in this, this, this range right here, I think it's, uh, a stay away from me. I just, uh, don't want to be back in this Green Bay team. They got a lot of, you know, they're, not on a roll and everything, but they have some injuries in their, are secondary and, um, you know, their defense has been, you know, pretty shaky, I'd say, and they didn't look terrible against Detroit last week, but, uh, definitely didn't look good by any means, I don't think. And then Giants have a pretty good, decent defense, or one of the better defenses in the league. If, you know, top five, I'd say we've kind of been saying that all year. Um, and then, but you know, their offense hasn't done a whole lot, and I don't really want to be get, betting against against Rogers here. Although I think the Giants are what two and zero coming to, to Lambeau in the playoffs. I think it's what I think you told me that, or a stat I saw. So I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a, like you said, a really good game to watch. But I don't really want to have uh, anything financially invested in this
1: game. Yeah, I got to lean here to the Giants. I think their defense is worthy of a look by themselves. I think their um, their defense has been. Not totally overlooked, but they've definitely been one of the stronger units this year across the league. And uh, they've basically, I mean, they've been given up, um, you know, they haven't given up 30 points all year long. And most of their games, they've been in the uh, mid to high teens or the low 20s. So if you're talking about they're likely going to be giving up that many points, um, you know, if they keep, it, if they keep the Packers in the teens then you know, getting five is, is huge. And even in the low 20s, with how banged up the Packers secondary is, uh, I think the Giants' offense is, is definitely capable of putting up 17, 20 points somewhere in there. So I think uh, the five points are pretty big here, even though the Packers have been on a roll. Uh, even though they they have been playing pretty good, they, they're, just, they're, they're not quite solid enough defensively to totally warrant – Uh, laying a huge margin here in my opinion against uh, a fairly quality team in the Giants and obviously the one major concern I'd have in backing the Giants here is uh, you know you never know what you're going to get from Eli he could be you know playoff Super Bowl Eli where he you know pulls some pulls some horseshoes out of his butt here and there and and uh, makes enough plays to to win the game outright or he could be you know Eli sad face Manning where he's throwing pick sixes and just staring blankly at the camera. So that's uh, kind of the potential um, you know, warning if you're going into this game back in the Giants. But I think more often than not, you're going to be able to, to keep the game fairly tight here with that defense. And and uh, I think you'll be able to catch your ticket at five. Uh, if it got down yet, like you said, three. Um, that's obviously a totally different story, but I don't think it's going to get anywhere near that here uh, by the end of the week. And if anything, I agree that it probably will take up a little bit. So um, once the uh, the early game's over, yeah, I bet there's going to be a lot of a lot of action on Green Bay. Not not nearly as much of a split as the Miami Pittsburgh game, because uh, I'd say Green Bay is a fairly equivalent uh, public team to Pittsburgh, but there's going to be a lot more public support for the Giants than there is for the Dolphins. So it'll be a little bit more evenly balanced. Uh, there should be a little bit more, uh, public money though on Green Bay. So it might, it might go up a little bit and I'll be interested to see if, if the public does push this number up, if there is any buyback, uh, say at six from the sharps or if they let it go higher than that or if the uh, books take a stand and, and just not go any higher than that, knowing they're going to get bombarded with sharp money if they, they keep moving it upwards. So I'll be curious to check that out and see how the market reacts here before the game and, and watch the game in general. And uh, I haven't bet it yet, but I'm not sure if I'm going to or if I'll uh, stay away, but I uh, likely will have a bet here by the end of the week on the Giants. So that concludes the wild card round here. Not not the most attractive card or uh just slate of games from a viewership standpoint. But hopefully if uh, one of those first three games plays out is a close one and, and is a interesting game to watch and then that Green Bay Giants one lives up to the hype, it still could be a pretty solid weekend of, of wild card football. So uh, it'll be fun to watch and and uh, hopefully there's some tidbits we can take out and, and use to our advantage or the games play out the way we hope to, to gain some value going into the next week now let's head over and do a little uh exploration of strength of schedule and how that uh, affects who covers in the playoffs and uh this week's concept corner now clear your head as we back into concept corner all right rob so i'll let you uh, take over here i know this is a little uh i don't know trend if you want to call it although often i think trends are pretty meaningless and and basically random whereas this one i I wouldn't consider by any means that i think there's a little bit more something to it i know uh, the sports memo with andrew lang and and teddy covers talks about this pretty much every year uh, going into the playoffs Uh, it's just a little uh, strength of schedule analysis and i'll let you go into it a little bit further but uh, it's definitely something to keep in mind and one of the things that uh, scares me the most about uh, my Miami bet this week, but I'll let you talk about it further. So go ahead.
0: Yeah, so that's like you said from Sports Memo. Uh, not like they're the ones that come up with it or anything, but that's uh, just one that you know have all the numbers in the right place, you could say. So I'll just uh, give them the plug. But yeah, a lot of people know about it. And like I said, the, just the market itself. The sharper betters are you know, pretty much betting that blindly almost uh, with those open or num- open numbers because almost every one of them. Three out of the four were bet because of that, or uh, I shouldn't say that, but yeah, a lot, of, a lot of it has to do with uh, the movements there. So basically, what it is is yeah, just taking a look at the strength of schedule, and um, the higher, the better strength of schedule that a team has. That's just what you bet on. It's not much to it, not much rocket science. But since 2002, which is when the playoff format uh, has got its shape after Houston. The Texans became a team. They made it a 32-team. They had to change the playoff format, and that's uh, so that's where we're going back to is 2002 with the, the strength of schedule theory, and since then it's been 40-16 and 16 straight up and 40-15-1 against the spread. So just against the spread there, of 73%. That's pretty remarkable. And uh, 2002, it's a you know, decent sample size too. And obviously, there's this type of games. You're not going to have a ton of them uh, just because it's the playoffs and, and what have you, but it's still... That's still a pretty decent sample size and something to at least take into consideration. I don't know if I necessarily bet strictly on that like it looks like some people are um but i I don't want want to be I'd have to make a pretty strong case to bet against it pretty much from what you know all the research I've done about it and just you know and it and, and it all goes back to a trend is it is it just a random trend like all oh, the team's name starts with a a g or whatever or is it something that makes sense and in my opinion, this is a trend that makes sense just from Teams playing harder teams and their record goes down, and gets a little bit undervalued, and vice versa with the team that plays easier teams. So, um, if you just look at this stat only just for betting these games this week for this wild card round, you'd bet on Oakland, uh, Detroit, Pittsburgh, and the Giants. And just to further explore that, Oakland's had a strength of schedule of four, and Houston's have a strength of schedule of 18. And this is the lower number, the better. But the thing with Oakland there it's kind of flawed because of obviously you know Carr being the quarterback there and now having the third stringer uh, at the helm so um, and then now we look at Detroit Detroit's 25 strength of schedule and Seattle is 30th in the league. so it's not a, a huge disparity but a little a little bit there. Uh, and then you have Pittsburgh, which is a strength of schedule of 11 and let's see I'm trying to look for Miami here. Uh, they're 27, so that's a huge, pretty big disparity. That's, you know, one of the bigger line moves we've seen uh, other than that Giants game. And, uh, you know, that's a, a pretty big disparity, and that's probably what a lot of people are looking at. And then, you know, finally you have the Giants and the Packers, and the, the Giants come in at, at 13, strength of schedule, and the Packers come in at 19. So just kind of something that I think is interesting. Like I said, I won't necessarily solely bet on that, but something to keep in mind when you're uh, placing your wages here in the next day or two or this weekend.
1: All right, uh, that sounds good. Let's end the podcast here and, and do our picks of the week. The A.S. Pick of the Week. All right, so for, like I, said, I mentioned last week, um, I had the Chiefs laying five there on the road at San Diego, and it was kind of a little back and forth for a little bit, but then uh, the Chiefs pulled away late, so that one got there for me. And then you had the Bengals. Yeah, uh, laying what, like a point and a half or so and, and they won fairly easily so that was good um that gets got a bad
0: number but yeah it's still uh, covered with ease so
1: <laughs> yeah that was a, one of those weird week 17 line moves in favor of baltimore there or i don't know if it was information based or motivation based or what but uh obviously it didn't didn't work out too well so um anyway but that gets my record to what 11 three and one on the year I think it is now. Yeah, that sounds right. I'll
0: double, Yeah, eleven, three, and one, and then I moved to eight and seven.
1: So you ended up finishing regular season a slight winner, and I finished it red hot. So that feels pretty good. Hopefully, hopefully there's a few people out there that have been backing my picks of the week, and you know buying new cars as a result now. <laughs> oh boy. But, uh, anyway, it's a little bit more difficult here. I definitely put less uh, credence into into our picks going forward in terms of the playoffs just based on the fact that there's just fewer opportunities uh, to bet. Uh, only having four games here is, uh, is a lot harder to potentially find value and where you think the the market's a little bit more out of whack than it should be than if you had a full 16 game card. So uh, I don't like any of these as much as, as a lot of my picks of the week in the past, but I am going to buck that trend you just talked about, which I don't like doing, obviously, based on how successful that's been over uh, a long period of time. But I'm going to take Miami here. You can get them if you try, if you shop hard enough, you get them ten and a half. But it uh, looks like the prevailing number is pretty much plus ten, so I think that's what I'll, I'll grade them at here in terms of uh, the pick of the week. But I just wanted to quickly say. Part of the reason I think that that trend might not totally hold true in this situation is the fact that, like you were saying, a lot of times the team with the hardest strength of schedule is going to have a worse record, relatively speaking, to what they should against an average strength of schedule, and then vice versa for teams that have had an easier schedule. Uh, And then the the betting markets are going to value that uh, accordingly. So a team that doesn't have quite as good of a record and hasn't looked quite as impressive since they've been playing harder people... Is going to be a little bit undervalued in the in the market, and uh, the number might be a little bit shorter than it should be, and uh, that team will end up cashing more often than they should, thus the the good results there against the spread. But in this situation, I don't think you can really make the argument that Pittsburgh's being valued under where they should be, since that they're they're laying double digits here to a I'd say a pretty average Miami team, but. I don't, I think people are basically betting on what Pittsburgh could be or what they hope Pittsburgh will be. I don't think they're really betting Pittsburgh on what we've actually seen. Uh, It's more just on reputation. So I think that, uh, yeah, if this game were lined at, say, you know, Pittsburgh by seven or so, um, I'd say this trend would be much more likely to hold true. But in this instance, I think, uh, the fundamental reason behind that trend doesn't totally apply. So, I'm willing to bucket in this in this case, and, and maybe I'll regret it coming in next week. But that's kind of my my thought process there behind behind this pick. I just think it's a little bit too high, and I think Miami is capable enough team to hold tight for the whole game, or at the very least, potentially come sneak in the back door. So um, I'm going with Miami plus ten here. Where are you looking at?
0: Yeah, and I wanted to point that out too with the trainer I forgot to say, but I mean, at some point there's got to be a tipping point. It's not like you can just because this line gets back to twenty. Just for say to you know, to make it obvious, it's he's still gonna follow the trend because that's what it says to do. I mean at some point it's not gonna hold true, so not, to, not that not that's that big of a move where it's gonna be completely against that, but it's uh you know that's just something to keep in mind that there's got with anything that's got to be a tipping point so
1: and to further but, that, the markets like you said, other than that Oakland Houston game, which you know is just basically throw it out the window in terms of any trends or anything based based on the quarterback situation of both teams. All three of the other games moved fairly sharply in towards that trend. So obviously people that are moving large amounts of money at the open uh, know about that trend and are, are either blindly backing it or it agrees with their handicap to the point where they are betting it. So if, if that happens every year going forward where that trends very well known and large amounts of money are being bet forcing the lines uh, against the openers, at some point there's going to be it's going to be a better bet to, to fade that trend just based on the line moves. Uh, but whether that's this year or sometime in the future, I, I don't know. But um, it's one of those things where it might not hurt to be a little bit proactive in, in fading these line moves here at some point since it's such a widely known trend because you don't uh, beat the betting markets by betting on known information. And it looks like at least to some people who are moving these numbers, uh, this isn't uh, – you know a hidden secret anymore it's pretty pretty well known and and transparent information here in the market so you're definitely not getting getting a lot of whole extra value just by riding it that's for sure in my opinion
0: yeah definitely and that's uh, so basically i'll get to my pick here but yeah i agree with pretty much everything you said and that's what with this here with detroit is going to be my pick of the week here at eight detroit plus eight and Don't love it by any means, kind of like you said, I think I'll make it two separate records here just so we can kind of track the playoffs and track the regular season, especially with you uh, having a pretty phenomenal pick of the Week all season long there. Uh, I think we want to make sure that shows up because that's going to be what I would recommend following more so even in the playoffs, and you can kind of tell just by what we tell you here is how confident our picks would be, but... That's why I kind of recommend following the pick page as well. But, you know, this Detroit here, I already kind of broke it down, but I think it might get a touch higher, so I'm going to wait on the release. But I still think at eight, it's a pretty it's a solid play. And just like with the the strategy and this theory that we're talking about for the strength of schedule, it's, you know, it would point to Detroit here. And, and then also the lines, people bet in Seattle just a tad um, off the opener. So I think you're not only fading that, that line movement, but also you're going to get the, the uh, the system in play there a little bit too, not, even though it's not super strong. So that's what I'll be uh, going with here at the pick of the week and uh, uh, Detroit plus eight.
1: All right. Well, that sounds good. Uh, it was pleasure having you on the pod here for not only this week, but uh, the whole year there, Rob. And um, now you're coming back from Vegas. was a sh- short little trip to, to take care of some things. And you're coming back to Minnesota here on Thursday night. So, It'll be good to uh, good to see you again, and before you head back to Vegas again. But uh, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast. Uh, just quickly wrapping up our irregular seasons. You were 32 and 26 for your official releases on the website. All those documented and, and tracked. Um, 55% plus 3.65 units of profit. So no, not a overwhelming year by any means. But anytime you're turning a profit, you can't complain too much. Uh, I went 33 and 24, hit uh, just under 58% for 6.67 units of profit. So, uh, it's you know, anytime we can both churn out a, a profitable year when neither of us felt like we were really on fire by any means, and then like you said, putting together my pick of the week streak, uh, you know, it's not all in all, it's not too bad for a uh, first full year here of of doing the podcast and and you know, fully tracking our picks on on online so i think overall it uh it was kind of a good springboard season and look forward to hopefully building on that a little bit here in the playoffs but even more so coming in strong to next year and and hopefully expanding on the podcast a little bit and maybe getting some guests in here i know you talked about potentially trying to find somebody from uh from behind the counter to give us kind of a bookmaker's perspective here uh, next year if if possible and and uh, maybe get on some other odds and ends of guests and uh, maybe even do a couple off-season podcasts, whether it be draft-related or March Madness-related or anything interesting that pops up. Uh, maybe just have you jump on the pod or or any other guest uh, going forward here. So I feel pretty good about kind of getting this thing uh, jump-started and and overall it was a you know decently quality year. So do you got any closing thoughts? Yeah, no,
0: I agree. That's all good uh content uh, to portray. I was gonna say, yeah, it's uh, been a good year, and uh hopefully continue here a little bit in the playoffs and a little bit of get a little bit of a roll going and maybe get a few winners going. But yeah, I don't expect anything uh, crazy. I would say for sure, but yeah, uh, a lot. We learned a lot here, and not gonna build Rome in a day. But I think here in next next year and in the years after, hopefully we can start building uh, and keep growing and growing. And yeah, like you said, what I want to do is get somebody uh, behind the counter. Or, very least get a few other guests on there just to make it a little bit more interesting, so we don't have to listen to our monotone vo- monotone vo- tone voices for uh, a whole hour or so. So, yeah, that'd be good. But uh, yeah, it was it was a good year and uh, ready to get back at it and keep making money
1: next year. Yeah, absolutely. And then also just uh, when you look at you know up, me up you know six and a half and you up three and a half units is you know not not a ton when you're talking about a whole season of work, but Um, you also, you know, the positives of that are, you know, there's not a whole lot of risk involved. You're never, never pressing it or parlaying it or doing anything crazy. And you end the year making money. And, uh, you know, you had fun betting on and rooting for games all year long. So it's, uh, it's not one of those bet a little bit and win a lot, get rich overnight, you know, schemes. It's, uh, slowly grind, slowly build, look for little bits of value here, bits of value there. And, and hopefully you can, we can keep putting up, uh, and profitable campaigns uh, in the future and, and hopefully as uh, as we go we'll build up our our following and and uh get get some other people to, to hop on board here and, and keep churning out the profits so anyway hope everyone had a a great football season as a whole a great 2016 as a whole and and best of luck to everybody here in the playoffs and in 2017 going forward So thanks, everyone, for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. I appreciate it, and have a wonderful day.
0: Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.